Welcome to It's the ADHD Friendly Podcast, where we talk all things well-being, personal development, and living our best damn ADHD lives at home and at work. My name is Karen McGill. I'm a certified ADHD life coach, and I'm here to help you do life better. Are you someone who routinely buys duplicates of things, not out of cleverness, but because you forget what you already own? (laughs) Maybe you're feeling overwhelmed, stressed out, or freaked out about the current state of clutter in your home. Well, if any of that sounds familiar, then you're going to want to perk up your earballs because I have a transformational personal story to share about my own journey from going from clutter bug to, well, not so clutter buggy. Uh, Let me just make a point of clarity here. As from the title, you'll see that today I'm talking about minimalism, but I am in no way preaching minimalism. I do, however, feel that there are lessons to be learned in the journey that I went through that applies to anyone who wants to save time, money, and or space. So uh, if that sounds like you, then keep listening. Because listen, this is not really about minimalism at all. It's about building more peace and clarity in your life. So I don't know about you, but that floats my boat. So I first learned about uh, minimalism through the minimalists. And just as a sort of sidebar, last week's episode, I talked about my FIRE journey, which is financial independence, retire early. And my minimalism journey was born from that uh, as just sort of a practice around how am I spending money? What am I buying? You know, am I buying things that truly light me up? So when I started asking myself those questions and Googling minimalism, uh, I then came across the minimalisms and the minimalists, I should say, and they have a, a podcast that's pretty good. Uh, at first I thought the idea of minimalism sounded very restrictive and kind of boring, but the more I listened with cautious skepticism, uh, the more it made more sense to me. So Also, at the time, as having undiagnosed ADHD, as I started to get into it, I found that it was also calming and self-soothing. And I didn't know why at the time, but now that after post-diagnosis, it makes total sense. So now I've been on this minimalistic journey for a few years. And while I would not call myself a hardcore minimalist by any stretch, and in fact, sometimes I have gone in the opposite direction... I have changed my consumption-based habits as a result of this. So that's actually where I want to have an impact today. The most surprising thing about my minimalistic journey was that it really enhanced my happiness and gave me more control over thoughts and choices. I'm going to share a few of the discoveries that I've realized um, during my journey, but I do think that the best way to understand how this changes your perspective is to try it out for yourself. But here's a few things that I learned from my minimalism, minimalism, minimalism journey. We, or I should say I, (laughs) use less than 40% of the stuff that's in my home. That goes for my closet, my pantry, garage, it's really, it's quite endless. Hidden clutter is almost more stressful than the stuff that's in front of me. The stuff that I'm typically focused on in the moment is things that I'm using. So they don't really create that much chaos for me. But like the mess of cords that are in the shelf behind me and, 
you know, the current state of my cutlery drawer, those sort of things actually uh, cause a little bit more friction for me and a little bit more stress because uh, I open the door to uh, the drawer to grab a fork and ah, I'm met with like complete chaos. And that creates little like layers of stress in my day, which I can seriously do without. The other thing I've noticed is that my life requires very few clothing options. As a result of the pandemic, I don't go out much. I do not have ball, ball gowns on my or ball gown events on my calendar, and I actually never wear dresses, and I rarely even wear a real bra anymore. So if I'm going out, I'm wearing a sports bra, and I may have shared this in the past before, but I'm always dressed, ready for activity because activity is very important to my mental health and my physical wellness. So uh, I'm generally wearing a sports bra and leggings and. <laughs> Gonna love it. It's kind of my signature outfit. Another thing I noticed is that every time I buy something, it becomes my problem, or that's the mantra I adopted. Uh, I looked at every new piece of technology or furniture or anything I was bringing to my house, and I was saying, is this something that I need to clean, organize, or update, buy accessories for, and or feel bad when I don't use it? Uh, I do this and it really helps me to be more conscious of the things that I'm spending money on. It's a really helpful mantra to have. I also noticed that I have a really bad habit of buying things and then forgetting about them, as I mentioned at the top of this podcast. I blame this on my ADHD, but the fact remains that if I can't remember that I have it, the question is really, did I need it in the first place? And a lot of this is reflected in my pantry where I'll, I'll have like six bottles of the same jar of curry sauce that I don't actually even like all that much. And because I don't like it, I don't really use it. But for some reason, it continues to multiply in my pantry. The last thing I think I have noticed that is pretty profound is that for me, decluttering is a magical thought about something great I'll do someday. I don't know about you, but I have never woken up and said to myself, oh my God, today is the day. And today is someday. So I tackle my decluttering the only way I know how, sporadically and inconsistently. And you know what? It actually works and it's very ADHD friendly. <laughs> so now I'm going to tell you all about my approach to minimalism and decluttering and it's stress-free or it works for me anyway. I call it messy minimalism. So this, when you think about minimalism, it's usually depicted as like clean, streamlined, and almost personality-less style. But as someone with ADHD, I have an appreciation for how this looks, but my ability to maintain it is pretty much zilch. So when I started, quote unquote, recondoing my house, it started to look like a bomb went off in it because honestly, I cannot take all of my belongings out, put them on the floor, and touch each one and ask if it sparks joy. <laughs> that process just doesn't work for me. And if you're not familiar with Marie Kondo, which I can't imagine how you couldn't be, she's like the 
organizational goddess. And she's got this process where, you know, you go into your bedroom and you take all of your clothes out of the drawers and the closets and you put on the bed, which would take half a day for me anyways. And then you've got to go through each piece and touch it and ask if it still sparks joy. And if it doesn't, you get rid of it. And if you do, you fold it into like this origami style folding system that I could never manage. <laughs> so instead of our method, I came up with my mess, messy minimalism. It's really hard to say. Get that one off your tongue four times. Messy minimalism method. And basically, I just let myself go from room to room, purging things at my own pace. I don't throw everything on the floor all at once, but some, like generally, I just kind of go through my closet and drawers and remove things when I know I don't have a need for it anymore. And I usually have like, like for example, right now in my bedroom, I have it's this wicker collapsible collapsible where are how come I cannot speak today it's a collapsible basket that's actually um for my Christmas tree so when we put the Christmas tree away I thought I'm going to keep this basket out here because it's huge and it's like kind of low but it's wide and I can start using that to declutter my bedroom so it sits beside my dresser right now and I went through my entire dresser and just dropped stuff in there that I knew I was never going to use again and next I'll go through my closet and do the same thing. Uh, and I just sort of do it, not like I'm going to schedule out half a day to do this, but I do it more like as I'm going through my day or every day as I go through my closet and move things around and I'm doing laundry, sometimes that's the catalyst for it. But the idea is not to make it such a structured thing, but more of an ongoing practice. And Yes, it's kind of messy because I've got that basket in my room, but I don't really care. Uh, so here are some of the benefits that I have found from moving in this direction. I tend to enjoy things more. It's funny that there's an irony there where as you let go of more belongings, the things that remain become more meaningful. So I think that this is a real strong point for minimalism in the sense that it's not really forced austerity or even being frugal or cheap. It's being very intentional and optimizing for your space in terms of really thinking through all the things that you actually use and appreciate and enjoy. It doesn't have to be something that you it has util functionality, but if maybe it's a painting and it's beautiful, that's one thing. But if it's something that's not beautiful, it doesn't have any form, it doesn't have any function, and it doesn't have any place in your home, that's really how I feel about it. And as I keep moving towards that, and I always think it's a moving target because I'm always buying stuff from Target <laughs> or Amazon, but as I keep moving towards that... Um, constant moving target of having less and purging, uh, you know, the things that I hang on to have that much more value. And I have a clear connection with them and the value that they represent in my life. And like, I mean, it goes without saying that the style of minimalism has a lot going for it. Like, the beauty of an uncluttered space and the peacefulness that comes from just looking at a room that's in order. It just makes me want to take a deep breath and relax. The less I have in my home and the fewer distractions I have competing for my attention, the calmer and more focused I feel. So very often our attention gets distracted by thoughts. 
about things that, you know, need to be organized or repaired or stored or cleaned. These are the small stressors that, you know, start to build up like a chronic sense of anxiety over time. Like I was telling you about with my, um, cutlery drawer. But now that I'm thinking about it, I'm also thinking about the closet here in my office that <laughs> every time I open it, I just think, oh my God, I've got to clean this out. But it just feels like such an enormous project. So I put it off. And if I am to practice what I preach, I should really just be going in there and pulling through things uh, one at a time and you know, just sweep the floor, maybe even put things back on the, the shelves. But Take a minute to just understand if there's anything there I can let go of. And I know for sure that there is. So, you know, the thing that I think I want to drive home most in this podcast is you got to embrace your own style of minimalism, just like I shared with you in terms of my messy minimalism. Because I'll tell you, I, I speak from experience here. When I first started my journey and... If you're an ADHD person, you're going to appreciate this. I am like gung ho, balls to the wall, in it, you know, so deep. The minute I find something that's interesting, and you know, once I started to fall into minimalism, I was just obsessed. And I did go through my house with the sort of like, I got to get rid of everything mentality, and it was it was almost I don't want to say neurotic, but it was pretty um, intense because I was just trying to achieve this idea or this state of being completely calm and organized and, you know, this, this ever elusive feeling of having your shit together, <laughs> I guess that's the only way I can say it. I, you know, went through my house like a mad woman getting rid of everything. And I was also doing the minimalist challenge, which I'll talk about in a bit. Uh, anyway, the, in, you know, my quest for getting this done as soon as possible, I ended up like, getting rid of some paperwork that I should never have gotten rid of. I went through a whole bunch of papers and the minimalist said, you know, you can just scan all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, or I could just toss it. And I did. And I ended up tossing my legal name change and a few other like immigration pieces of paperwork that have hindered my ability to get, um, not clear, but what is that global entry? Cause you've got to come up with like you know, 15 different pieces of evidence that you are who you are. And I got rid of like seven of them, which was dumb. And the other thing I did was, you know, in the adoption of this, this lifestyle, I was driving a Ford Edge at the time and it was a leased car. I love that car. It was a great car. If you're, if you're looking for a small SUV, a Ford Edge is the greatest car, sidebar. Uh, anyways, the lease was coming up on that and, you know, I wanted something more minimal. So I got myself a Mini Cooper. That was the dumbest decision I've ever made. Minimalism doesn't mean small. <laughs> it means what's essential. But for some reason, I wanted a tiny car. I think it's because I thought it would be good ga gas mileage and they're cute. But it turns out um, they take premium gas. So that was kind of dumb. And uh, although I did get some decent mileage, I wouldn't call it like a fuel efficient car by any, ways, any means. It is very fun and zippy though. So. Uh, <laughs> That was my initial start in minimalism. And, you know, I then learned that, okay, Karen, you can like slow your roll a little bit and make this more of a lifestyle and less of an obsession. But I share that just to say, yeah, like you've, you've got to make it your own and whatever feels good to you. So I'm not implying that you should have like X amount of 
things in your home or anything like that. And be maximal where you want to be maximal, but be minimal where you think it might count because I think that there's there's something to be said for that. And you know, if you think about this idea of minimalism uh, and getting rid of belongings, if it triggers something that's negative, like overwhelm or fear of loss or lack, I invite you to just explore that. Like, where does that come from? Very often, you know, a lot of the stuff stems from childhood. And especially if you grew up in an environment where there wasn't an abundance of things, you may feel that there's a safety element to having an abundance of things in adulthood. Uh, and I can appreciate that. Um, but I also don't know that that's helpful. It might be, I'm not making a judgment around it, but, um, I guess I would ask, does having a lot of things around you make you feel safe or abundant? And when you follow through the, the results of that, like if you like having a lot of things, you like buying a lot of things. So you spend a lot of money is the end result of the financial impact making you feel safe. So, um, I'm just sort of inviting you to look through the entire consequence of having lots of things and accumulating a lot of things. And it just might be something to journal. And if it's something that's very overwhelming for you, then, um, you know, great to work on a therapist, work with a therapist on that. Uh, but the key thing to remember is that there's really no right or wrong way to approach minimalism. There are zero rules about minimalism. Like there are people that make minimalistic rules that's fine for them, but it's always important to remember that this is a made-up concept <laughs> that you can adopt in any way that appeals to you, and that it's better that you have fun with it and make it your own than try to stay um, true to somebody else's structure. And I really want to underscore that because as ADHDers, very often we are, you know, trying to stay in the lines and follow, um, like rules that we think that are there that aren't necessarily there. And uh, just to give you a sidebar example of that, because I th do think this is a good point, uh, coaching. So, you know, I went through a coaching certification last year and I spent a lot of time trying to, you know, conduct my client calls in the format that I was taught because the format is aligned to the ICF, which is the International Coaches Federation. And if you want to get certification through them, then you've got to somewhat use this format. So I was so focused on the format until one of my teachers brought up that, you know, coaching is just a made up thing, just like therapy is. I mean, even neuroscience and, and plastic surgery, they're all made up things that yes, have been refined and perfected over time, but that doesn't mean that there's one way to do anything. But very often with ADHD, as we come up through a very sort of traditional education system and traditional family values and stuff, there's certain expectations of us as children that are expected of us. And when we color outside of those lines, there's always an impact and it's usually a negative one. But that's not so in adulthood when we're looking to take on new things that are completely in our own um, 
sense of agency. So yes, you may not be able to cuddle out, cuddle <laughs> this to God, Karen, why can't you speak today? Yes, you may not be able to color out of the lines when you're at work because your boss might not like it or your employer. Um, but if you're doing something like adopting, you know, a minimalism as a practice, then you make it your practice and it doesn't have to look like anybody else's practice. It only has to be what works for you and what interests you. So that's sort of the concept that I wanted to share today. And, you know, I think for me, the biggest value, as I, I pointed out earlier, is that, you know, I was able to start looking at everything that I was buying through this lens of, is this going to become like just another thing I have to get rid of down the line? Is it going to become my problem? And, you know, sometimes when you're buying a sweater, that's not the case. But if you're buying like a bike or, you know, you're investing in a piece of equipment or even like an iPhone or an iPad, you know, they get lost, they break, the screen breaks, you've got to update them, you know, somebody steals it. it, it less is so much more, more often than not. Um, that is worth just sort of underscoring that piece. So if you want to get started with minimalism, this is what I would recommend. If you are a podcast listener, which I'm assuming you are because you're here, uh, I would definitely recommend checking out The Minimalists. It's just a couple of dudes uh, who riff on, you know, the minimalistic lifestyle. And they have some really good ideas and they, and they make a lot of sense. But they're definitely kind of geared towards that male, uh, you know, young, not young adult, but mid-age adult, 30-ish, whatever. Um, but there's a lot of other podcasts out there that are geared towards like moms, which I think moms have an extra hard go of this because, you know, as minimal as they want to get, their kiddos um, might be maximalist, especially when it comes to things like toys. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of different influencers, I don't know if I would call them that. Teachers is probably a better um a better description of minimalism that you know just share their own experiences. And the great thing about like following minimalists is that they're always going to influence you to buy less not more. <laughs> That's why they're good minimalists. I sorry, they're good uh, uh influencers to follow. But um so aside from that, finding some podcasts and there's also like the minimalist mom is a YouTube channel. She's done quite a bit of stuff. Um, there's also like just small things that you can start doing at home, like like I mentioned, you know, designating uh, either a laundry basket or something like that, and just put it in your room for a couple of weeks, and you know, go through one drawer a day and purge whatever you're not wearing, and try to be as you know judicious as you can, because uh, it's very easy to say, you know, I'm going to wear X, Y, or Z at some point, but you never are. Um, and then, you know, do the same thing in your closet, move the uh, little basket from your dresser to your closet, whatever, however your, your space is set up and just have it there so that you're constantly dropping things in and you're constantly being reminded of it because it's sitting right at your feet. And I find that really helpful. And then, you know, I might do that in my bedroom for like two weeks. And if I have like a full garbage bag full of clothes and that goes into the back of the car and then I might start in a different room, it becomes a little bit more difficult in like the kitchen and living room because you're not probably going to use a laundry basket, but maybe if you have the space for it, have like an open, uh, cardboard box. Like, you know, if you got something from Amazon and you got a big cardboard box, 
think to yourself, okay, I'm going to use this box and I'm going to recycle it by filling it up with stuff for donation. And once that box is full, then you put that in the car. So, you know, think about processes and systems that will make this easy for you and constantly on your mind, because I think that's the best way to do this, to just consistently purge and make it as easy as for yourself as possible. The one thing I will caveat though, is you may end up driving around with all this crap in the back of your car for weeks and, or maybe months at end. So put some calendar reminders um, in your calendar when you're doing your planning to make sure that that actually gets to a donation center. And, you know, I definitely recommend starting small. Um, I used to uh, run Ladies Who Launch in Southern California, and we would do these uh, entrepreneur incubators. And one of the things that didn't seem like it would be powerful, but it is, um, in one, like every, every week there was like a, a new thing that you were supposed to go home and do as homework. And one of the pieces of homework was to clean something out. It could be anything in your life. It could be related to your work. It could be re related to your home or anything. Because usually when you clean one thing out, it creates a momentum and an energy and that energy starts to shift things. So start with a small junk drawer or just your sock drawer or some, or a cabinet in your kitchen that you know, includes all the stuff that you never, ever, ever use. And just start with small spaces if you're feeling overwhelmed by all of this. And trust me, over time, if you keep that going consistently, little by little, you're going to start to see a big impact. And you're also going to feel the energy shift, which is huge. And then, of course, if you want to go big or go home, you could try the minimalist challenge. Uh, I'll tell you what it is, but you can also Google it. Just Google the minimalist challenge. It'll come up. Um, and I'm going to forewarn you that it's pretty daunting. So it's a 30 day challenge. You start on day one and you get rid of one thing. Day two, you get rid of two things. Day three, three things. All the way up to day 30, you're getting rid of 30 things. So as you can imagine, through the course of a month, you're getting rid of a crap ton of stuff, uh, which <laughs> at the point, like as you get into this challenge in your later days, like you're going to run out of things to get rid of, uh, and you're going to want to start getting rid of other people's things. <laughs> which is what I did. I got rid of some of my husband's stuff. And to this day, he doesn't know I got rid of it. But I don't recommend you getting rid of other people's things because most people will notice. My husband doesn't. So anyways, that's the life-changing magic of becoming a messy minimalist. I hope it has inspired you in some way. Um, and if I were just to drive one point home, it or two points, it's do, uh, do it the way you want to do it. And also think about the financial benefits. If you need a good why for this, oh, and it's not even just the financial benefits, but think of financial benefits, the uh, mental wellness benefits of feeling accomplished and feeling like you're doing something and shifting energy and making the clutter in your home just a little bit more manageable. And also your stuff uh, is going to no good and no use if you're not using it, but it's still sitting in your house. So if you donate it, it can go to some use to somebody else. So for all of those reasons, I encourage you to, you know, set something up, set up a system in your house and just start. It doesn't have to be big and it doesn't have to be, um, you know, it doesn't have to be a Marie Kondo <laughs> process. So if this, uh, if this was interesting to you, feel free to leave me a five-star uh, ADHD friendly review and um, always come visit me over at um, Instagram. I am thinking of changing my name there. So um, the outro will tell you what the name is, or you could just go to my website. It's adhdfriendly.com. That name isn't changing. And uh, you can always find me through the contact list there or drop me an email or uh, get on my Sunday setup email. 
hello. <laughs> uh, that is a weekly email I send out on a Sunday, and it's usually addressing one topic, and it's uh, something around ADHD and how to positively influence it in your life, setting you up for a great week ahead. And one last invitation to come find me on uh, YouTube. My uh, channel there is growing slowly but surely, but I'll also be doing a video this week on this same topic. So if this interests you and you would rather see it than hear it, come visit me there. And uh, I will end now. So thanks for listening, guys. I hope you have a great week and I will see you next weekend. Ciao for now. Thank you for listening. For links and resources for this podcast, please visit itsadhdfriendly.com or click the link in the show description. Please also be sure to subscribe so you get automatic updates when new shows are posted. And of course, please do leave us an ADHD-friendly review. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.